listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Proof Text. I'm Michael Halcom and I'm here with J. M. Smith. Good to be back together. Good to be recording. JM, um, and I'll say here at the start, uh, head over and check out uh, JM's uh, YouTube channel, Disciple Dojo, at Disciple Dojo, and then uh, the website is just discipledojo.org, right? Yep, that's it. Super easy to remember. Yeah, you're sporting a Disciple Dojo hoodie today. Yeah, we, this is the original, the original bow to your sensei, our, our dojo paraphrase of Isaiah 45, 23, uh, every knee shall bow. So, yeah, we have new model, newer, newer design. This one's you can see mm. it's kind of peeling. It's so old, but the, the OG hoodie for Disciple Dojo. <laughs> OG hoodie. Well, uh, yeah, head over and check out uh, JM stuff. Everything on there is free. Uh, there's a ton of free stuff on the website and uh, on the YouTube channel, so it's good stuff. Uh, this is ten questions where JM and my, JM and I uh, I throw a verse at him. He doesn't know what's coming, and then we each ask five questions of it, no answering. And um, the idea is just to model sort of the curiosity that we bring to the text every time we return to it. So, um, in view today is Proverbs 15.1, and if you're watching, I'm going to pull that up on the screen here in just a minute, Proverbs 15.1. So, if you're just listening, that's fine too, you'll be able to hear this, and I'll read it uh, in English, this is the NIV, but it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. All right, uh, Jim, you want to take the lead or you want me to? Uh, I I think it's your turn. I think I did the first one last time, so I got to defer. All right. (laughs) Um, So I am interested in... Um, so we have the Hebrew word here off face. It's often, uh, translated anger or nostrils. I've often heard like flaring nostrils, kind of the imagery. So we have off here. Um, and then we, where's the other word? There it is. Um, this is Hamash. Uh, sorry. Uh, chema, chema. Uh, and this is rage, or they translate it wrath. So I'm wondering, my first question is, what is the difference between chema and af? Um, and I mean, they're two different words. So what, what are we really, what's the difference between them? That's the first question. Hmm. Well, I with with af the verb that comes right before it, um, yale. That's just the that just means to to make go up. 
or to lift up or to raise up. And so English has stirs, uh, NIV has stirs up because mm. that's how we'd say it in English. But in Hebrew, why is this an idiom to lift up or to raise up or to make go up? I think it's in the hip field, to make go up off, uh, which you said means nostril, literally means nostril. Yeah. Um, so is this talking about like raising, making the nose go, you know, is that an idiom for stirring up anger? Uh, or is this just, this is how you would typically say it, but, uh, yeah, I, I would okay. want to, that's my question. Why is this phrase used? Why is it says to raise up or make go up anger? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the same, uh, couple of words here. Yeah, off. Um, what? So you asked, is it an idiom? And my question is, what is what is this meaning to convey? Because it's one thing for like a modern English speaker to say, like to flare your nose up. Um, it's another thing to turn your nose up. Those right. Are two very different images and so what is the image that is meant to be conveyed here with Mm. is it either of those or is it some completely different Mm -hmm. well my second question then would be the phrase right before it um udaber etsev so etsev it's translated as a harsh word, a harsh word. Um, so Aitsev, does it mean, I mean, it means harsh, but sometimes it means uh, painful or strenuous. I'm looking over in Hallett and it's used to describe strenuous work or hurtful word. Um and it's also even has it highlighted as like related to save anxious mm-hmm. toil or hardship. So what is this? In other words, is this harsh word like a word that pushes you, like makes you toil, makes you work? Is it a is it a is it an inconvenient word, strenuous word even, or is it a harsh, like a painful word, like a mean or an attacking word that? does whatever we're deciding that it does. Huh. Yeah, so now I'm I'm wondering about um who's saying this to whom? Um mm. I mean it's just a general seems like a general proverb, but is is it actually is it a father saying it to a son, a boss saying it to a worker? You know, mm. who God saying it to us? Who's speaking to whom? And what what context, you know, is this being said in? Yeah. Well, I want to go back up to the first clause then, um, because uh, a general answer or a tender response, it turns away heat or return. And so it's the word yeshiv. Mm-hmm. That's a hifiel, um for shuv. The word then shuv is just the word for turn or turn around or turn back or turn aside. 
So which way is this turning uh, heat or wrath or however you want to translate hema? Is it turning it like turning it aside and kind of getting it out of the way or is it returning it? Is it, will it turn it back on yourself? Will it bring, if you answer gently and meekly, will their wrath be like, oh, well, this guy's a pushover. I can just, you know, so I don't know. I don't, I ha- you know, I don't know if either of those are the case, uh, but I would want to look at that verb more and see if it's ever used in that sense. Wow. That, that's really interesting to think of it uh, turning. Yeah. Turning like the context of being a pushover. Uh, that's pretty fascinating. Um, so we have uh, a gentle answer um, or uh, the rock uh, tender, delicate, weak. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I, I look at this in connection to 15.2, the tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. So is the tender, the rock answer, is it, I guess it seems like that's on the tongue of the wise, is that's what's on the tongue of the wise, is that is what is adorning knowledge, rock? So is this connected, this gentle answer connected directly to 15.2 in that way? Hmm. Well, now that I'm looking, I mean, this is making me want to question the translation more. But And Proverbs are notorious for this. I mean, yes. Proverbs are notorious for being able to be translated multiple ways, and it really does affect how they're interpreted. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you translate rock as gentle or soft, that is seems to be a positive, like a soft answer turns aside wrath or or makes the wrath go back on the person. In other words, they're angry and you give them a soft answer and they're like, okay, you're right, I overreacted. So, you know, that's the traditional way that this proverb is translated. But yeah. I'm wondering if there's anything, and there may not be anything to this. That's why we ask these questions. We're not suggesting that there is, at least I'm not. But how does this change if you translate this, if you translate rach as weak, like a weak answer turns wrath, like return you know, like if you give a weak answer you're going to get wrath returned on you if somebody's already angry like kind of what i was asking about before uh, yeah um is that a possible translation i mean obviously you'd have to look at the septuagint see how they handle it and uh maybe some of the the targumim and others but these are the kind of questions i i, I think whenever it comes to a proverb i try to look at what are the possibilities and then narrow it down to what's more likely uh, rather than just always trying to dig up something new just for the sake of being new. There's enough of that going on as we saw last weekend at SBL, but those are the kind of questions I'd want to ask. Like, is there another way to translate this? That's very different than the traditional reading. Wow. So I just pulled up the LXX here, the Septuagint. And I guess my fifth question then would be, uh, based on this, because it actually uses orge, 
Um, and then orgast. It actually has the same word in the the beginning and the end. Um, so you have uh, wrath. If that's how we're going to translate orge, it could. Uh, that's how it's typically translated. Um, and then you have it also ending up, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. So you have the the, uh, the thoughtful wrath. Wrath. <laughs> wrath is destroyed. Some. This is yeah. This is the way this is worded. Um. Wow. Heard singular wrath. Wrath is destroyed. Thoughts. I don't even know how to translate that. Just right <laughs> off the cuff because. Uh, the the word is so weird. The wording is so weird. Yeah. Um, well, I'm looking at the the Lexham English Septuagint. The way they tackled it um, is, uh, I think that's the. Let me make sure I'm looking at the right one. Yeah, the New English translation. No, sorry, the Nets. The New English translation of the Septuagint. They translated it as anger destroys even the prudent. Yet a submissive answer turns away wrath. I mean, they had a whole clause. Yet a submissive answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So they have this whole first clause, anger destroys even the prudent, stuck in there. Oh, yeah, they have thumos in there. That's right. Um, in the in the Septuagint, that must be what they're following. So you have orge, thumon, and orgas. Uh, so I'll, that's interesting that wrath, destroys even or all they took that ka ke as a sensitive destroys even the thoughtful or the wise moreover um an answer ipopitusa <laughs> um an answer uh, a, a low answer or something to that uh, what, what what would we say they would say it says like submissive. I guess that's where they're getting submissive from. To yeah, it's to, like to fall before to be under. Over. Yeah, yeah. Moreover, a submissive answer desire or so I don't understand translating orge, thumon, and orgas like as all wrath. I mean, thumon could definitely be anger. The submissive answer returns anger. But uh, this, what? How do they translate luperos? That's like sad, right? Hey. Yeah. Well, that's uh, they just translated it as a harsh. The New English Septuagint. Wow. But lupe tends to be with sadness. Moreover, a sad or a harsh word raises hmm. wrath. So the Septuagint doesn't help, but it raises even more questions. Uh, yeah, you're right. They Septuagint adds an extra clause in there. Yeah. So, uh, um, I guess my fifth question <laughs> is a long way around: is why what do we have going on with orge and orgas there uh, when the Hebrew has two different words? So, long mm. way around. That's my fifth question. You have <laughs> one more. Well, yeah, I guess I do, huh? Um, <sighs> I, that's I want to know why the Septuagint has an extra like line. They may have an extra cola in there. Yep. 
so are they work was was there an original was there a hebrew original that the septuagint was translating from that's different than what our masoretic text comes from uh, i know in proverbs some there's a famous proverb in the septuagint the train up a child in the way he should go that proverb isn't even in the septuagint it just completely leaves it out so mm. when it comes to the history of the septuagint and what text they're working from that's the where my mind would go in this case is what i, I would want to figure out or try to figure out maybe i'd have to look at the targum and figure out you know see what they do with it where is this clause coming from this anger mm. destroys the prudent yeah absolutely man wow uh it's sometimes that stuff with the uh the Hebrew text and the Septuagint, man. Yeah, um, it gets messy. Yeah, really quick too. So, <laughs> well, that's ten questions, and that—that's what it looks like to engage in this biblical scholarship, biblical study, really, like in-depth biblical study. Um, and you—you you don't have to be a, be going to the Greek and Hebrew to be asking uh, questions. Maybe some of these types of questions, but. You know, you can do that straight from the English text too. It's just that sometimes uh, you might, you might not, uh, you might miss things, right? By by not being yeah. have having some facility in in Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic. So sometimes even Latin. Uh, yeah. But yeah, man. Well, super super interesting. I learn something every time we do this. So thanks for doing this. And if you're watching or listening. And you have a verse you want us to discuss, let us know. And if, if you have some questions or insights about this verse, then let us know that too. Share that with us. So uh, head over to DiscipleDojo.org and check out at DiscipleDojo. Check out um, at Glosa House on YouTube as well. So mm -hmm. check out GlosaHouse.com. Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to stop there and say we hope that helps. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glossa House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.